Welcome to Thinker Talk, where we chat with thinkers who are turning ideas into reality. I'm Joey Caffone, your former and current co-host for today, the host of co-host and co-founder of Baron Fig. Uh, I am taking the place of uh, your yesterday's or yester episode's host, Mark Champagne, because today's guest just so happens to be Mark Champagne. Uh, and uh, Mark, can you say hello? Hello, everyone. This is what happens when you let Joey take hold of the reins again. <laughs> yes, it's dangerous why they chased me away. But here I am. We're going to talk to Mark, Mr. Champagne. Yes, that is his last name, uh, about his upcoming or current book, depending on when you're listening to this, Personal Socrates. And if you didn't already know, Mark Champagne is a mental fitness expert, uh, newly birthed author, and he's got a lot of wonderful things to share with us today. So Mark, thank you for coming on uh, your own show, Eureka. It's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> thank you, Joey. I knew this was going to be fun and it's already kicking off with a blast. So let's do this. Yes. I'm pretty sure I started it in no way. Like I just told you I was going to start it. I apologize. No, you didn't, but I think it worked. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. All right, let's do this. We've got so much to talk about. I want to start with personal Socrates and then we're going to rewind to pre-personal Socrates since that contains most of your life. And then we're going to go back. How does that sound? Yeah. I like that. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Today I'm the director. I love it. Oh my God. The power is just coursing through my veins. Uh, okay. So Mark briefly, what, what are, what is personal Socrates and what are we going to be talking about today? Um, what's the, what's the thesis on this wonderful book? Whew, personal Socrates. And I'm for anyone, if, if, if video is playing for you right now, I'm holding up a little sample of, of what the book looks like. Just finally got a, a physical product to, to touch, which feels very surreal. And it's, it's a book. It, it's, a, it's a book that is designed as a guide to help people find the questions and mental fitness practices to help them navigate wherever they're at in their life. And you know, it, we're going to get into the backstory, I'm sure, but it came from a, a place where I was in, in some pretty deep, deep and, and dark times, let's say. And, and it was one question that pulled me out of, out of that time and the mental fitness practices that were surrounding all of that, uh, that scenario that this book was birthed essentially. And that's the intent. The intent is that no matter where you're at in life, if you open this book, there are short mini profiles people that you would instantly recognize from the Picassos to the Maya Angelou's and Jane Austen's of the world and Kobe Bryant to people that are still around today, like James Clear and um, Melissa Ambrosini and so many others. But the idea is that it doesn't matter who the person is. There's a prompt there that, that should land with you based on where you're at in your life, you know? And the, the idea is to jump into it and see okay, I'm here, this resonates with me, and there should be some value there to help slow down and reflect and you know, release any of the mental fog or tension or whatever might be going on in, in your own mind because you're human like the rest of us, and we have to deal with that stuff day in and day out. So this is a book of questions then? It is a book loaded full of questions, yeah. Questions oh, are my questions. jam. Mm, wonderful. Okay. Okay. Well, now let's back up. I have listened to your show. Um, and you have this, this same question that you ask everybody. Oh, no. That's such a pain in the butt when you start. So I'm going to ask you the most general, broad, piercing, and powerful question. 
who is Mark Champagne? I should really know better, right? That eventually that question would be turned back on me. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I mean, in the simplest of, of terms, who am I today? Because I think that that answer evolves over time as our life evolves. But who am I today? And probably the through line is just, you know, a curious human that is really excited about the questions that can navigate my life and, and, and learning from others that have gone through different experiences and, and how they reflect and how they've, how they've navigated through their life and their work and their personal journeys. So for me, it's the curiosity. I'm, I would say I'm a curious person uh, who is just lit up by taking time to think and slow down and enjoy the process along the way. Well, tell us about this dark time that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where our, our relationship started on on this show and, and my personal show, a couple episodes uh, back and forth with you and I. And at that time, uh, I was I had left the, uh, about a decade-long corporate career in brand management to create this digital journaling app called Keo. And again, surprise, surprise, it was an app uh, fueled by questions and it was fueled by questions from people all around the world and brands and experts and authors and designers and all types of industries and with the, with the intent of, just like the book, to help people slow down, meet them where they're at in their life and, and have something for everyone, no matter what kind of profession they have and no matter what's going on. I think that's kind of my, uh, my objective with all of this work. And the app did really well. We we got, we were featured numerous times, hundreds of times actually, by Apple um, in new apps we love or the, or uh, journaling lists that they had at the time, which amounted to reaching something like eighty six, uh, not something because I know this number by heart, but eighty six point nine million people in wow. the first two years without any type of of paid media, and that was a lot to do with Apple features, but then also I think just collaborating with people around the world that were, were well-known in the space and it, it started to get picked up. So things were going well. And from the outside, with all the, the brand collaborations and the media, uh, the vibe was, was really good. But that didn't mean that the business model was working as we anticipated. Like, you, you know, a lot of companies face that things take longer and cost more money and, and that whole story. And it was no different from us. We weren't app developers uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but we we're doing our best and trying to partner with people that knew that space. But ultimately what happened was we just, we couldn't keep that app afloat financially, uh, or mentally. And we, you know, there's a, there's a profile in the book by Scott Belsky, who, uh, is, uh, heading up product at Adobe, but had founded Behance before Adobe acquired his company. And, and th I reflected on his question actually about, he talks about, do you, do you have the same level of conviction for the project or business you're running that you did when you first thought of the idea? Or do you have more or do you have less? And if you answer you have less or roughly the same, typically that's not enough to get you through kind of that messy middle, which is something Scott talks a lot about. You know, there's, the, there's this phase of, you have a new idea and there's excitement, there's your family's happy, your friends are like, wow, you, like this seems really cool. I wish I could do this. 
And then people kind of just disappear for five years on average. And you don't either you don't hear about that idea again, or there's an exit or funding or like some sort of monumental event. Um, but no one talks about the middle. And that's where I was in, or where I was at, I should say myself and my co-founder, we were in that messy middle. And it didn't feel right to push through it. At the, you know, that was the that was the frank answer. And that was really hard to accept because to answer that question in that way is essentially, you know, accepting a certain level of failure in the project, right? This is perfect. I'm looking at your introduction right now and I'm going to read a little bit because uh, after all, we are talking about a book. So yeah. in the introduction, page one, second paragraph, you start by saying that despite all the hype in the media, collaborations with respected brands and app features from Apple all around the world, Kia was failing, and you needed more time and resources to develop a sustainable business model, and you no longer had either. Yeah. After hitting delete, a furry of questions passed through your mind like a rocket with no chance of returning to Earth. And these are here's, I mean, questions. We're on page one here. How yeah. does this make sense? How could I fail at such a colossal level? What would people think? What judgments would people have? What would our investors and advisors say? So when you were faced with that moment, Mark, um, what kind of answers were you coming up with for these questions? I don't think I actually had answers. I think those questions came up and they paralyzed me because after those questions spun up, immediately I went into a, a mental state of now what? I don't want to go back to my backup plan or the industry I had come from. It, it, that didn't feel right. Because I still felt, even though the app financially failed, it, it succeeded in so many other ways. I mean, it was the reason you and I are even talking right now. And I've met so many great people and the, and the actual work of mental fitness lights me up. So I wanted to stay in that, but I didn't have the answer of, well, how? Like, well, what's, what's next? And, it, it, you know, it was just a moment in life where everything that could go wrong felt like it was going wrong. This, this business and identity was just deleted, which completely eliminated the, the option of, of helping a lot of people, at least at that time. Um, financially, I was wrecked and couldn't, couldn't sustain where, where we were living. We didn't even like where we were living. So, you know, that, that didn't feel good. And it, for the first of my life, I didn't feel like I had a plan forward. I'm just, uh, I'm a strategist by kind of by training by heart. So there's usually a plan or there's multiple options to go if one fails. And in this case, everything just blew up in the matter of, of months. Okay. So it was hard to, it was hard to think clearly there. Right. And, and that you had asked kind of the backstory or where this, this came from. It wasn't until spending enough time just trying to be really present in the present moment and, you know, take a walk when I started to feel super anxious or physically sick um, and just be present with the trees or, or, or just walking, right? To just stop that narrative and then be able to ask a different set of questions that weren't throwing me into the ground. Because a lot of, of, of the, the questions that you mentioned there, you know, it, it, it's good to reflect on, on the areas that worked and didn't work and learn from that. But you, then you have to move on because then you're into the why questions that just keep driving you down further and further that, do, you know, they don't allow for you to surface and pull up and, and get into more progressive questions, which were the questions that were in the app and that were in the, all the interviews that I had done for, for 
years with hundreds of people. I mean, you were certainly preparing. You were equipped for a challenge, I would say. Um, <laughs> and you go on to say that in your darkest days, which we're discussing now, and I don't want to, I don't want to make a whole podcast about you know a depressing time. Trying to make Uh, me cry, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was upset when I read this. I highly recommend this introduction. It's just such a moving moment um, and really gets the book started. And you said here um, that you turned to journaling and the detail with which you interrogated yourself led to a critical realization. And I'm not going to quiz you on what that was. I'm going to say it just in case, (laughs) which is at any point, we are one question away from a different life. How did you get to that? And what happened after? Yeah. Well, so in that moment, again, being able to, to release some of the tension and in a moment of clarity, which was probably only a few minutes to be completely transparent. And it, it most likely was after some sort of meditation or a walk, knowing that those practices work, allowed me to think or reflect on, wait a second, I have literally a Google Sheets doc with hundreds of questions from these interviews of people that I really respect and across all these different industries. And they're asking a very different set of questions. And I started looking at these questions and noticed that they're, you know, all for the most part progressive to, you know, what, like what's next or what lights you up, for example. And the one that really resonated for me was, what do I want for my life? And that was the one question and the realization that had that, had that prompt not appear in, in my mind, I could see how people fall into deep depressions in situations like this, because it's, it's, it's almost, it's just a spiral. It just keeps building and building and building. So that question interrupted my spiral and gave the hope again that, okay, well, if, if this is what I'm listing out in terms of what I want for my life, well, then what? Then that led to the next question. Well, how do I get closer to that? What do I need to do next, you know, in that journey? And it led to the next question and the question after that. And that was the realization that no matter who you are, or what you're doing, the language, how I speak about the language of questions is something that's universal to all of us. And we all ask them, but are we asking the right ones? In this case, for me, that was the one I needed to hear to pull me out of a situation, right? And get to the next step. So you're, you're having to make a hugely difficult decision. You end this business that you're working on. You enter in quite a dark time, which, you know, I'm, I can relate, um, you know, in terms of fears and in terms of close Mm -hmm. calls and just kind of thinking about it. You know, I can't, I, I can't imagine that and, you know, knock on wood, I hope I don't, but you know, maybe, so you go through this, you, you have this realization that there, you're one question away. You ask a ton of questions that, that drive you forward, that bring you back into the light. Where, why, and how did a book come out of that? Yeah, that was interesting. Cause I mean, when I answered that question, I, I then had a, uh, a clear plan or, or a target or an objective in the future, essentially, right, to work towards. And again, like what I, I had mentioned before, I'm, I'm a strategist at, at heart. So there wasn't just one path there. There were a whole bunch of arms that could fuel that journey down that path and, and you know, uh, help me towards kind of what I wanted for my life, which is simply put was I want to continue to help educate 
others around these practices and help people that are thinking or that are thinkers slow down and harness their the power of their mind, essentially, right? There's so many different ways you can do that. So, you know, to pay the bills, I was doing some some freelance strategy work, but there was always this this um, this fire, this desire to keep the the essence of Keo, the app, going in some capacity, but through a different medium. And so I started writing the idea of a book that, okay, well, how do I, how do I leverage all these questions again and, and show people that, you know, for anyone watching the video, I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but I'm not sitting here in a robe meditating on top of a mountaintop, which a lot of the assumptions are made when it comes to just, you know, meditation practitioners or a lot of, like I was faced with those narratives working in the wellness space and I was doing everything possible to break down those, those stereotypes because anyone can do this stuff, right? And, and, and leverage them for their, their personal and work life. So that's, that was the desire behind the book. I knew that it wasn't that Keo, it wasn't that people weren't interested in Keo. It's that our business model sucked. Clearly people were interested in it. Like we, we had the numbers there and we had the, the, the customer right. testimonials and whatnot. So then if the app didn't really work out and that wasn't the route, well, how do we take that same concept in, in, in some form and put it into a book of, of introducing people into reflection? And even that, as you know, uh, the, the, the book started in a, in a, on a different path and morphed kind of along the way to, to what it is today, uh, which I'm really proud about. And I think, I think will will help many. So in a way, you know, I'm, I'm still on the same path. It's just, there was a hard right turn kind of I, no, there was a hard stop sign and the, the bridge blew out of the path or the road, sure. let's say. And it, it took a bit of time to build a detour, but I feel like I'm back on that journey. So the mission's the same. The medium yeah. has been adjusted. Correct. And now you've got this book. It's sitting in front of us. It's gorgeous. Um, it's full of wonderful thoughts. Where did the, the name Personal Socrates come from? <laughs> what, a, what an awesome setup <laughs> it came from the it came from this guy named joey caffone uh th th no there's a funny story behind that because I, I remember we were on that call and we were talking about the book and we were getting to the the name and obviously uh the details behind that and and i was i think i was explaining what we just talked about about how one question, you know, led to the next and then the next after that, and that I'm a huge fan of questions and the sequencing of questions is so important. And I've noticed that top performers are doing this. And he said something like, oh yeah, like the Socratic method. And I remember they am like, Socratic what? Like what? I've heard of Socrates. I, I, but that's kind of as far as my knowledge went that, yeah, Socrates is known for questions, but that's kind of it. And I feel like a lot of people are, were in, are in that same boat. Uh, so I hated that name at, at first, but you, you, the more I talked about it with others, and then the more that we linked that name with the subtitle of the book, which is questions that will upgrade your life from legends and world or top performers, uh, I could see people's eyes open up and be like, oh, because personal Socrates make to, you know, makes you think like, well, what is that all about? It's an, it's kind of an interesting name. Uh, and then the subtitle gives it a little bit more context. 
So yeah, I, I give you credit, Joey, on that. I mean, you, you had foresight <laughs> on something pretty remarkable. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves until we start selling the book. Yeah, fair. But, <laughs> but so far. Uh, I, asked that, I asked that seemingly self-serving question because um, I'd love to hear you explain what's, why Socrates, what is the Socratic method uh, and you know how that makes it relevant to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, I mean, so when we, when we embarked down that, that naming journey, let's just say, obviously I jumped into the research as well to learn more about Socrates. And there was a lot of those moments of, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this is exactly what, what, what's transpiring in, in all the interviews and all the research I've done around questions and exactly how I came out of that, that, that spiral. But it seems the, the method, the Socratic method and the way it's discussed seems like it's only in a, in an academic setting and only in a, like a, a very historical time, let's say. So for me, what, the more I was looking at this, like, just like the app was taking, and just like the book is taking something like reflection and journaling, something that's thousands of years old, how can we modernize the practice and how can we modernize this method, the Socratic method that's been tested from the beginning of time to be more applicable and, and easier to use in the, in the life that we live today. And that, that's when I, I remember it because that's when I started to get really excited about the title because the, the, the words still were kind of weird to me. I'm like, I don't know if they go together type thing. And I don't, I don't, uh, understand the the whole concept yet until getting into that research on, yeah, this, this, there's something here. So the Socratic method essentially is, uh, instead of teaching someone by telling them the answers, you ask them questions and they teach themselves by finding the answers on their own. Yeah, it's like that. I can make this joke because my best friend's a philosophy major and a lawyer. It's like that annoying friend that just asks you, asks you question after question after their philosophy degree on why this. Okay, well, why that? Why? It's that. That's yeah, the yeah. process, but used in a way, um, in a strategic way. If you're asking the right questions, basically gets you from surface level to the core of whatever you're trying to figure out, whether this is health, whether this is a, a business-related challenge, doesn't matter what the topic is, often we're stuck playing on the surface. And it's those questions after question that gets you down to, oh, okay, so that's actually what I'm trying to figure out. And those are the answers I'm actually trying to seek. And you need some time um, with, with good questions to get to that level. What can people expect to get from reading this book of questions? I'd say the biggest thing is, is a different perspective on how you can leverage questions in, our in, in your life. Because we, again, we all ask them, but are we asking quality ones? Are we asking enough of them? And are we asking them in, you know, in, well in a well-timed manner? So I think what what people notice with the different profiles, they're also vastly different, and they're 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 completely different people. But they're all coming. the The through line is, is is stuck together with these questions, right? So, you know, when you when you read a book like this, you're I think you're allotted the opportunity to be more curious in in general in your your daily functioning, your life, your work. Because the more you ask questions, the more you, you reflect, the more you see questions as well. When you're when you're uh, consuming knowledge or, or doing your your job and whatnot, um, 
And then the byproduct of that, which is a beautiful thing, and that I've noticed with all of these type of wellness practices is that then your mind starts to become more clear. You start blowing out the fog that are thoughts that don't serve you or emotions that are fired up that are potentially in, you know, fired up in a reactionary type mode. Um, because when we can do that, then all of a sudden we start seeing the next steps forward. Like the, the path is there. But it's, it's typically fogged with all of this stuff, just like if you were in a physical room. Clarity. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get into, then you get into when you're clear, you can start living and designing the life that you want. Hence the, you know, the question that, that I was focused on, on what do I want for my life? Well, that was getting clear on what I wanted for my life. But then now what do I need to do to get to that place? So that's living with intention. And living daily you're and priming parts of yours. You're, you're naming sections of your book now. Yep. Potentially, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Which, so, oh, well, let's just let's just go there. Let's say it out loud. So, part one is get clear, which you just explained, yeah. and now part two is living intentionally. You said, yeah, living intentionally, and and I don't mean just in general or you know designing a life like high level with with intentional purpose or whatever. I mean, that's, that's important. I'm talking about the daily stuff. Like I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to take five or 10 minutes to prime my mind with positive stuff or quality knowledge. So that when I jump into my, my work, I've already, I've already won the day. I've, I've already primed my mind with something that I controlled versus emails coming in. So there's, there's, there's an expanded definition, I think of, of living with intention. And is again a theme that comes up with any of these people that you that you study. I mean, any look at the TED Talks or the the authors you read their books or the the athletes that inspire you. The, this sequence of events or these parts that I'm describing are there. So then, then what what comes after that? And it has to be in the sequence sequence of events because if you're fogged and you're not clear, then you can't see what you need to do to get to the next step, which is unlocking opportunity. And this whole, this is what's really, really cool. And this is how our story came to be with just Baron Fig publishing the book. Like it was a 100% yes when when we started talking about whether Baron Fig could be the the publisher, or whether I, I, you know, I had to go pursue other avenues. Like it just, it felt so aligned. But that's only because I spent the time in those those two other sections, right? So these are questions like, imagine if it were possible from someone like Naveen Jain, who's run several companies, is a billionaire, working on on going to the moon and creating businesses uh, around uh, space and 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 all of that. Um, you know, imagine what's possible, uh, seeing, seeing the signs forward, like just questions that bring you into, into a realm where there's no, there are no limits and no rules and you can see the next steps forward. And while we're at it, what's the third section? Yeah. The third section is on, is expanding possibility. And it's funny because it's, that almost happens. Did you say that? Did I accidentally? I'm sorry. Yeah. We were kind of in that, but I mean, I think it's worth saying that section almost happens by default if you do the first two, but there are good prompts that are, are available in that, in that section, for example, or to help stimulate that possibility that if you were to ask those questions without, right, without going through the the other stages, 
again, you'd probably be on the surface level. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, very exciting. To me, this is, this is, this couldn't be a more of a perfect example of, of following those steps in the book that I didn't even know were steps in the book until halfway through the book. But ultimately I wouldn't be talking to you and, and this book wouldn't be here if it wasn't for doing the research and following those, those steps. Because I mean, what, what ultimately happened was I was following the signs on, on my side. You and I met, you know, three, four years ago when, when Kiwa was running and I was looking for a print partner for one of the export features for the, for the journal. And, you know, that didn't work out. And, and I completely understand why that wasn't possible to do one-off kind of custom print jobs for an app. Um, but thankfully, you know, you and I stayed in touch and we had a lot of conversations over the years and always felt like, you know, we wanted to do something together. And then this book came up. We started working on the book, which the process, uh, for me at least, working with, with you and uh, Laura at the time and, and some of the other team members just felt so fluid and natural and right. It's all lining up to fuel the answer to that question, what do I want for my life? And it, it, it all grounds itself in helping others think and be clear and have the, the tools and the practices to do that. And at the time, I only had, I mean, I had one element of that, which was, okay, I can help with some of these practices, but I didn't have any of the, the physical tools, which, you know, I didn't even know this before doing the interviews, but I, I, I had no idea what that, that Baron Figg's tagline was tools for thinkers. I just, I was a fanboy of the, of the products. So when those two things came together, it was, uh, it was pretty magical because now I feel really complete with, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate with the practices, helping educate on this stuff, but then also, hey, here, here's a book, here's some, here are some journals, there's so many other guided journals that we have, obviously, as a company. Like, it all just links up to what I'm most passionate about. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'm glad you're here. Totally <laughs> unexpected series of events. Uh, very excited for Personal Socrates. Can you tell everybody, when is it going to be released? Yes, Whew, this is this puts a lot of pressure on us. I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean the 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 date right now is is October nineteenth of twenty twenty one. We're working really hard uh, to make that a reality, and I mean you can you'll be able to find it at baronfig.com. There'll be section in there right now slash personal Socrates. Um, but if you're following us in any capacity, you'll definitely hear about the books. So <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Wonderful. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add before we say goodbye to our lovely audience? The only point I would add is, you know, if you pick up the book or do any exploration into any of these practices, you know, just be kind to yourself while, while opening up and tr exploring and experimenting. Because, I mean, we're, we're, we're often our, our biggest critic when it comes to these things. And we have... We all have New York Times best-selling narratives and stories running in our minds that uh, never come true for the most part, or 99% of the time don't come true. So, I would say enjoy this process. You know, be kind to yourself. Don't you know? Don't set yourself up for success or sorry for failure. I mean, <laughs> take <laughs> take five or ten minutes uh, a day if you're not doing any type of mental fitness and just 
start small and, and build up and, and have fun with it. You know, just like, just like relating back to physical fitness. I mean, if you don't like running, that doesn't mean that exercise is not your thing. There's so many options. So I'd say go into with that, that attitude and, and enjoy it. Great advice. And on that note, uh, Mark, I'm very excited to help you get this book out into the world. It's going to be a thrill. People listening right now, run to your nearest digital doodad and order it uh, ASAP. You're going to enjoy it. I want to spoil so many things, and I've been holding back this whole time because you've got to just find it in the book. But I, there's so many points where I had to, to show my wife and say, you got to check this out. Anyway, thank you, Mark. That is a wrap for today's Thinker Talk. And you can learn more about Eureka via, you guessed it, eureka.barenfig.com. Mark, where can our listeners connect with you? They can connect probably the easiest behind the human.com. And once that page is up, baronfig.com slash personal dash Socrates. Wonderful. Don't forget the dash. Everyone, thank you for listening. Links are available in our show notes. So that dash is right below or right above or only a tap away. And remember to, of course, subscribe to Eureka if you dig what we're up to. Until next time. Thank you.